so just to give you an idea, you know, our we just crossed 50 million ARR. Um, congrats. So that's exciting. So, that's very know, exciting, yeah. Scott. Congrats. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Scott Wingo. He's a four-time entrepreneur, number three, his channel advisor, which was a public SaaS company greater than 150 million bucks in ARR. He's now building gitspiffy.com, which is on-demand car care with an interesting SaaS plus marketplace angle. Scott, you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. So really enjoyed having you on last time. And, and, and you really are a sort of a blended model, I would say, between almost marketplace fintech and SaaS. Help people understand what you do. Yeah, so I have an e-commerce background and had my first Uber experience around 2013. And the aha moment for me was, could we apply all those interesting things we learned in e-commerce SaaS to car care? And, you know, so the way it should work is you should have people come to you to take care of your car um, versus you going to them. So e-commerce and SaaS uh, mindset applied to car care. And there's three dimensions we grow in Spiffy, which is kind of fun. Um, having done a, a large SaaS business, you, you get to the one dimension is just pulling the lever on on QBSRs uh, and marketing spend. Uh, I know you talk a lot about that. <laughs> and uh, so we, we have that as well, uh, but we also have different geographies. So there's a geography component to this. Uh, and then different types of services we provide, and then different types of customers. So I'm sure we'll get into that, but that's that's what's fun. And if we can turn all three of those dials, we can grow you know, really, really quickly. Yeah, let's start with the customer. So when you were on back in uh, August of 20, around August of 2020, you said you had about 900 customers. But for those that are just listening now, what is a customer for you? Can you, can you, can you name one or two of them? Yeah, so we have um, we have a B two B component of our business and a consumer. Um, we're eighty five percent B two B, which is fleet in my world of car care, and then fifteen uh, percent consumer. Consumers would be like you in Austin. You need your car, your oil changed, or something like that. Um, and then on the fleet, that's uh, so the consumer part of our business is very e commercey, um, not super recurring, uh, etc. But then our fleet business is more SaaS. So these fleets have X number of vehicles. They need services at a certain pace. The vehicles are driven driven at a certain mileage. So like a SaaS business, it has a predictable recurring, um, you know, not committed. Uh, so there is some commitment there, but but a, a very measurable, predictable kind of component to it. Um, mm-hmm. Within that bucket, the our largest customers are rental car company, companies. So we have all the large rental car companies are our customers, Enterprise, Hertz, Avis Budget, Sixth, etc. Um, then we have a bunch of vehicle 2.0 companies. So these are next generation um, car sharing networks, autonomous networks, uh, EV uh, car sharing uh, companies. And then the third bucket is logistics. So we work a lot with Amazon DSPs. So it's kind of fun to get back to my e-commerce roots on that. Uh, and then we we have four other buckets of fleets, but those those give you an idea of some of the customers that we have. If I'm Hertz, right, in Raleigh at the airport, I've got 100 cars at that location and I need you to clean them or oil change or whatever, vacuum them once every week. What am I going to pay you? 
Yeah, we'd like to bundle it. We call it, uh, you know, like this fleet management as a service. So uh, <laughs> FMAAS. So so what we want to do is really um, enter into one of our, and again, this is kind of like taking our SaaS knowledge and applying it to this. So so it's land and expand. So you, you know that really well. So we mm-hmm. go in, usually uh, our customer has an acute need, like an oil change problem. And uh, we go in with that. And then we want to take care of not only oil change, but wash, tires, windshields. We want to take over the whole vehicle. And then we typically start with preventive maintenance. And there's another way which is in in fleeting and then uh, removing vehicles um, from the whole cycle. So, so what we try to do is get in there and do everything. Um, but you know, of that fleet business, uh, about a third is oil change, a third is wash, and a third is other, which includes tires, brakes, light repair, windshield, odor elimination. We're doing a lot of that. Um, shout out to the cannabis industry. There uh, were hey. kind of Freakonomics. <laughs> that's that's hugely benefiting us because as people <laughs> smoke cannabis in cars, um, it creates mm-hmm. a lot of odors, which is good for me. That's a fascinating. And so what, what would that charge be? Like if I'm having you do oil changes on 100 cars per week? Yeah, so it scales with volume. So a consumer oil change is about $100. And then with some of our fleet partners, you know, just the oil change, we can get into the $40, $50 zone. Um, per car. Uh, you'll like this, yeah, per, per vehicle. Um, but yeah. but there'll be a, a commitment of volume there. So, yep. yeah. And what is that commitment usually? I mean, we're talking 100 cars or 1,000 cars? It's thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I remember this correctly, you you actually invented or you have your own sort of like mini little oil change trucks, which you bought. They sit on your balance sheet, right? And that's how you do these quickly and efficiently. Yeah, we 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 lease them, so they're not on our balance sheet ah. technically. Um, but yeah, so we we you know we want to be a premium offering, and because of that, we have our own technicians. They are W two and our own vans that we lease, um, and they have a lot of equipment to go out there and deliver this service. Um, so, so there is a delivery component to this, which is really interesting. Um, and, and kind of uniquely there, there's pros and cons to it. We like it because we can control the customer experience. At the end of the day, what I learned from 20 years of e-commerce is the companies that do best control the customer experience from soup to nuts, like Tesla mm-hmm. versus like a traditional auto manufacturer. Um, if you can control that whole customer experience, that's the place to be. So we've built it that way. So how many of those leased vehicles, right, that you use to service all your customer contracts are, do you have today? Uh, Nathan, are you sitting down? I thought I would never say this, but we have about <laughs> 280 vans zipping around the United States uh, every day. So how do you, from a resource allocation perspective, what do you do? You look at like headcount per, per per capita and make sure you've got one car with an X amount above million, or how do you measure that? That's an excellent question because once you have these assets, it becomes a optimization problem. And the way we think about it is that the simplest metric is average da- average daily revenue per truck, ADRT, is a metric we've come up with. And we're constantly optimizing that. And you know, so so what you want to do is have the most number of it's kind of like a Tetra scheme. It's kind of a fun simplification of it. So 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 the board is the availability of the van with the technician, and then we're constantly trying to fill that board and and put business in there. So some some because we have multiple different types of customers, it makes it easier. So so a technician in Austin may spend the morning at a fleet customer out at the airport and then go pick up two or three services nearby, and that juices that average daily revenue per truck by having the mix of the consumer and the fleet business. Or maybe they go to AutoZone and do a vehicle, they do a rental car company, and then they pick up a, um, there's a there's a car sharing network in Austin called Free to Move. So we work with mm-hmm. them. So we may do some services for them as well. So the more customers we have in a geo, and uh, be they B2B or B2C, the more opportunity we have to optimize what that truck does every day. Um, so and we've been building you a ton get of software on this. Um, well, you know, there's this kind of, uh, yeah, so, so so there's 24 hours a day. So you know, 
basically that's kind of basically it is how do how do we fill up every truck 24 hours a day mm-hmm. what would that be if it was a perfectly efficient truck how much could it make in a day it ends up being about two thousand dollars 2k a day and how close are you to that are you like 50 percent capacity or 75 or yeah, across our whole network, we're at 800. So we have cities that are getting there, um, but we're, you know, that that is a theoretical. Um, you know, we we we've, we've gotten there, uh, and you know, like like every day we have five trucks that get there, <laughs> but that's yeah. like, that's that's a stretch goal. Let's say every day you have five trucks that hit 2k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but on average, rare. it's 800. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, well, so 280 trucks times 800 bucks a day. What is that? 230 thousand dollars a day in total revenue, top line. Potential, yeah. Potential revenue, yeah. interesting. Yeah. The other, yeah. there's humans involved here too. These aren't robots yet. So, so, right. <laughs> and and these are the person in Austin, for example. You said these are full time folks, right? You're not. There's not a contractor network here. That's correct. Um, now we we do build a contractor network because um, when we do this fleet management as a service, frequently these fleets um, like free to move in your city. There, they'll say we want you to take care of everything. Well, we don't do body work. We don't do. Um, you know, other, other elements, heavy repair. Um, so that's where we're building a marketplace of third parties that we could pull in into the, the account and have them fix the windshields like safe light as a partner there. Um, and then other services around the vehicle, but we'll do, we're, we'll do the kind of the, the core of those services and be the, mm-hmm. the primary coordinator of those services. I mean, this also must fuel your M&A strategy, right? If you want to vertically integrate, you just talked about Tesla versus the other manufacturers. You want to own that windshield repair company eventually, right? Have you made acquisitions to date? We have. We've done about four acquisitions. And, 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 and am I the, bang on there or am I? Am I you are, so there's a geography there? component. So we acquired a company last year called Pit Crew that got us into Tennessee. So Nashville, as I'm sure you're aware, is like Austin is and the Raleigh-Durham I'm in. It's like one of these areas that has this huge net influx of people. Um, so we wanted to be there. So that got us a geographic expansion. Um, we have done acquisitions that have given us more vertical expansion as well into yeah. other other services. Really interesting. Now you have decided to uh, to raise. I think last we spoke, you had gone through a ten million Series C. Was that right? Yeah, uh, that was a tap up to a B. So we added, we did a twenty million Series B, and we added a ten million. Um, we had kind of an inbound uh, opportunity there, and added to that, and that was um, you know, earlier this year we announced that. Folks, as you know, time and place is everything, especially in marketing. But in today's age of a million messages a minute and not enough hours in a day, how can you actually catch your target's attention? Well, there is a simple way, and many of you guys are testing this already. LinkedIn can help you speak to the right people at the right time. With LinkedIn becoming number one B2B display advertising in the US, you really have an advantage if you can get it right, right? So you can stand out against your competitors while nurturing customer relationships, growing your brand. Uh, they can get you quality and quantity with their targeting tools, which means your ads are see- being seen by really people who matter. And so it's no wonder why companies of all sizes are using it. Take main Street, a company that helps venture-backed startups claim tax credits. They increased their annual recurring revenue by $12 million with LinkedIn's marketing solutions. I really encourage you guys to try out LinkedIn. Scale your marketing and grow your business with LinkedIn advertising. So here's the deal. As a thank you to their customers for helping them grow three times faster than the competition, LinkedIn's offering a $100 credit on your next campaign. You can access it by going to linkedin.com slash SaaS interviews to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com forward slash SaaS interviews. So, okay, sir, sorry, say that again. So back in 2019, you did a 20 million, you did a 10 million series B or 20 million? Okay, so we did um, a 30 million series B that we had some chunks in it, but the last chunk was 10 million and that was earlier this year. 
I see, I see, I see. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. What can you? Was that just like a strategic partner? It it was a larger firm that wanted to do a large round, but we weren't quite ready for it. So we kind of split the baby, as it were, and we were mm -hmm. able to get them to put a little bit into that, um, and then hopefully they'll lead our next round. Are you able to convince them to allow you to create a bunch of secondary opportunity for your early employees since you didn't need the money? Yeah, I'm. Um, we'll see. Um, you know, right? We're we're actually pretty young in our you know because we've been growing so fast. Most of our employees are pretty young in their vesting cycle. Um, mm. and I'm in a position. This is my fourth company where I don't really want to do secondary. I'm, I'm kind of doing the opposite. I'm investing into into things. Yeah. Um, so secondary hasn't been a huge consideration for us. Yeah, interesting. What is the team size today? So we have about 60 people in headquarters. So, so in this model, we want to keep our headquarters as kind of light as possible um, because it's really overhead for the operations that go on. And out in the field, we have over, uh, you know, hope, you, hope you're sitting down. We have over 500 technicians uh, that are, you know, running around doing those services. Yeah. Uh, it seems scary, but, you know, Channel Advisor got to be a thousand people at a hundred million SaaS. So, so it's yeah. just a different model and you build systems and processes, the same engines we would build for QBSRs, STRs, and all those BDRs and things that you, you know, we talk about in SaaS. We've just built those for how do you recruit, retain this, this level of an employee and make them effective, but then mm -hmm. use software to automate it all. Yeah. These and these technicians are full-time, right? Uh, they are, they're W2. So they, you know, the W2 worker is an hourly employee. Um, they are an employee, but they don't all get 40 hours. So, so let's say it starts raining buckets in Austin. Um, yep. we, we basically send them home and if they want to get their hours, they'll have to work, you know, you know, whatever more, the state laws are more on the weekend or whatever like that. Yeah. And they're used yeah. to that. The hourly worker is used to that model. Yeah. Now I believe last time we spoke, I asked you what the average revenue was for, you know, the Hertz, right? The the B two B part of your business, and I think you said something like twelve thousand dollar a year or eighteen hundred a month. Is that still about right? Yeah. So those have grown. So just to give you an idea, you know, our we just crossed fifty million ARR. Um, congrats! So that was exciting. So, That's very know, exciting, the, uh, Scott. Congrats. The forty one sixty six is a you know uh, as, as uh, people that have MRR. AR, these numbers stick in your head. So we, we crossed over that one. Um, so 4.166 <laughs> million, we crossed over that. So that's exciting to, to do that. Uh, that's just second, so you guys know, that's, that's, that's in monthly recurring revenue is what he's referring to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so your question was, um, so these fleets, if you kind of took the revenue for fleets and divided it in, I think it's gone up considerably because some of them have gotten yeah. really, really big. So I would say it's more like uh, 120K. So, so yeah, 120K. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So 120,008 divided by the 50 million. Yeah, so so how many fleet, how many total fleets are you working with right now? Uh, so you have to take the, um, you know, 15% uh, is consumer. So you have to 85% the 50 and then divide by that to get to the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your my math, my math tells me you're around 410 fleet customers somewhere around there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, really compelling. How much of the market do you already own in the U.S.? Like, are there more than 410 you can go get? Uh, there's a lot more. Yeah. So, so the rental car, we're we're you know the uh, if you just think about the companies, we're we're fully penetrated, but. You know, there's a land and expand inside of there. So there's services and then different ah. geographies. So so just rental car could be 10x of what it is today. That yeah. being said, we want to diversify. So, um, you know, as we look at corporate fleets, think about how many companies have their own fleets. We work with AutoZone, Verizon, and Wegmans there. Um, the Amazon DSP opportunity alone is probably a $200 million opportunity um, mm -hmm. for the last mile stuff. Um, yeah, so it's it's a little – the TAM here is like so honking big. It's, it's – uh, 
yeah, we don't really, it can be distracting to think about it. It's so big, it's kind of like overwhelming. So we just try yeah. to every day come into work and make customers happy and, and poke into other areas that we want to get into. Hey, this is not, I can tell you're having fun doing this. Uh, what, when you're not, when you're not building a Wingo or when you're not building Spippy, what are you doing? Is this a Star Wars fan in the background? Is that what I'm seeing? It is, yeah. So I have three kids. So that's uh, primary where I spend my time. But then my hobbies, I collect Star Wars stuff. And then, um, yeah, I'm a super geek. So then uh, you, you're familiar with comic books. Well, there's original art behind comic books. So I collect uh, original art of comic books. That's a fun hobby of mine. Can you name one of the original art pieces you own? Yeah, so my favorite artist is this guy, Todd McFarlane. He came in and revitalized Spider-Man, and then he left and started his own company. He was an entrepreneur, which is kind of interesting. So he started Image Comics and is the CEO of that. So I have a lot of the comic book art that, that he did for both on Spider-Man and, and this, this series called Spawn. Huh, very cool. Well, Scott, this is a heck of a story. It's fun. I mean, you also have so many, you didn't even talk about this, but I mean, you sit on so much like transaction data here too. I mean, you could eventually get into sort of that model as well. And it's a percent of GMV, right? Yeah. Where, where I think this goes, and I'm a big study of Amazon is um, we're developing this software stack. That's pretty, it's an ERP for running a mobile first, a tr- like, you know, we think mobile first, meaning phone. I mean like mobile, like stuff, services come to you, digital services. I think where we go next is we're starting to license out our software. So, yeah. so, so the stack we have built, we could not have built unless we had built the company. So um, that's, that's where I get really excited is we're essentially a software company that, that looks like a service business um, and has SaaS attributes to it. I think we become a SaaS business. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there's no reason yeah. your local plumber wouldn't use this software. We could be Shopify for digital services is where we're going. To, to, totally. You can help them with the whole, I mean, you're a franchise, right? So the question is like, you're Wendy's, right? You're giving them the software to run their own Wendy's. The only question then is, how do they get the traffic to it? Which maybe you're thinking about how to solve that as well. How do they get the customers in? Yeah, the, the thing about this is, um, and this will make my SaaS friends very jealous, is we, we actually hardly do any marketing or sales. We have like a, a five-person sales team. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. So, so there's the, there's a lot huge demand for what we're doing and we spend more time matching our, our capabilities and, and capacity to that demand. So, yeah. so we would give them those tools and we have those tools, but it's actually, there, there's such, you know, the, con, the convenience oriented customer, be they B2B or consumer is, is so in demand for what we're doing that, that we don't spend a ton of time on that side of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Last question is, is valuation related. So you just did this extra 10 million sort of top up. It sounds like you have a leverage here. I mean, are you, you guys got to be flirting with a four or five, 600 million valuation at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is my fourth company and, uh, I try not to get too far ahead of my skis. So, so where we have argued is we're, we're, we're SAS like, um, but we should, mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't earn SaaS multiples. Um, yeah. So so we've been getting you know kind of like around a little around half to sixty percent of SaaS multiples, which okay. I'm okay with because I've been in the other situation where you know uh, you have this valuation that's really hard to grow too into. high. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cataclysmic, and I try to avoid that. Yeah, well, fifty percent of a forty x multiple, which was common, you know, six months ago, very different than a SaaS multiple. Fifty percent of a SaaS multiple you're seeing today. Uh, so obviously, valuations change, but we'll see. Yeah, love what you're building. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Uh, uh, hard thing about hard things. I said this last time though, so I'm gonna. No, you did good to great uh, last yeah, time. Still okay. Yeah. There yeah, I know you have variety here. This is good. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Elon's the easy answer. <laughs> uh, I really like Balaji and his kind of head exploding, uh, thinking around like crypto nations and stuff like that. It's fun to think through, through the 
the next 10 years and what that looks like. Yeah, he's an interesting thinker there. Uh, number, I just think he just put out a, a new book, uh, Network Network something or other. Network State, yeah. Network State, yeah. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building uh, for building Wingo or Spiffy? Sorry. Uh, I've been playing with Notion. I think that's kind of uh, you know really exciting and, and kind of next generation way of doing things. I keep mixing up your last name with the company name. That, you know, Wingo would be a great company name. I'm surprised you didn't just name it Get Wingo. Yeah, there's an ego thing there. I'm not. Uh, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, you don't want to see. You don't want to build your sell. You have to sell your last name. You know, <laughs> number no, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? About six. Okay, and situation you mentioned uh, married. I think three kids. Yep, married three kids. Married three kids. Very cool. And uh, let's see. I guess I'm going to guess you're 54 now, right? Two birthdays. 53. Yep. Oh, you have yeah, a birthday coming, coming up August. then. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Very cool. 53. And uh, last question, something you wish you knew when you were 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> That's a good answer. Guys, SaaS executive, been there, done that, also loves collecting co- original comic book art, but now he's really helping and empowering and trying to build a software stack that will enable anyone that wants to deliver services to cars to start as the wedge. Anywhere in the world really do that with their software stack. He's built a company to build out that stack, really understand it, doing $50 million in revenue across about 410 fleets. This is the Hertz of the world. He goes and you know replaces the oil change and does oil changes at the Hertz fleets at the, at the airport or does the windshield repair or windshield wipers. He currently owns at the company about 280 uh, leased vehicles that he does around the U.S. to do these this servicing. One third of his businesses again through the fleet. Uh, you've got another part of the business which are uh, which are the Amazon DSP space. But again, eighty five percent of the total revenue B two B. If you want to be a consumer and use them, you're going to pay about a hundred bucks for an oil change. <laughs> Scott, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. I need to bring you to all my pitches. You uh, summarize <laughs> faster than I do. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, guys.